to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. I want to share today around this thought of seeding the supernatural. And you might go, wow, that's, that's uh, an interesting topic when there seems to be reduction. No, it's the best topic. It's an amazing thing that last year God spoke to me early in the year. In fact, it was the beginning of last year about naming 2020 as a year where faith is. And uh, nobody knew that COVID was going to hit. We didn't know that we would find ourselves under the challenges that many of ourselves are finding ourselves. I've had a number of people in life go, you know, with all of what's happened now economically, what's going to happen to legacy? I said, well, whatever God births, He completes. And I want to challenge, if I may today, your heart condition when it comes to the supernatural. It's kind of like, I'm not surprised there's an enemy pushback. I know that personally. Whenever we feel like we're under attack, it's because we've made a decision to take the kingdom further. And yet there are seeds of the supernatural that we must be able to come to terms with. Uh, When you talk about faith, faith in Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, is the substance of things that are hoped for. And basically you don't get the supernatural just because you stand back and wait to see what's gonna happen. God will turn up and do whatever God wants to do, but there are what I call catalysts to faith. There are catalysts to the supernatural. If you're a practical person, you'll realise that glue has value, but a two-part glue has stronger holding capacity. There's something about paint that's great, but a two-pot paint. You would not want a single pot paint necessarily on the thing that you want to last the distance. It requires a catalyst. And I believe in my heart that God is beginning to stir the church that uh, we've got to realise we need to bring the catalyst to the environment that is so rich so that the supernatural outcomes will become ours. And right now, as we're doing today, we're speaking in the shine. We're speaking into uh, Melbourne online here in our campuses. And, and again, let me remind you, Romans 10 verse 17, it says that faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing comes by the Word of God. It doesn't say that faith comes by hearing the sound of a preacher on a Sunday. It says that faith comes by The sound of words becoming something that we hear. I've often said this, people say, great message, pastor. Well, not often, but sometimes. (laughs) But I pray that all of us, the preacher through to the first timer, will hear what God is saying to us because it's the hearing that changes the very fabric of who we are. It's not the sound, it's the hearing. And it's when we remember what God is saying that the enemy doesn't have an authority. When you hear, there is an authority that's released because you now have a heart connection with it. And I just pray that as we go into the next season, which I'm very excited about, is that uh, we're hearing God. I'm saying, God, you've got to lead us. Uh, How many go back long enough to remember that we started Carols in the Park? Did you know that? Carols in the Park. 
It's kind of like we started the first carols in the park. The church was four years old. It was impossible. We heard God. We said, we're going to do it. It got gazumped by sponsorship. And a guy called uh, Smythe, I think it was, got sponsored by Coke. We could never come up with the funds. But I heard just this week that uh, the carols in the park are being cancelled. Just saying. I'm going, God, am I hearing? Maybe we, we, we could reclaim Christmas. I, I'm not sure. I'm not saying I've heard, but I'm leaning into here. I pray that today you're leaning into here what God wants to say to you, not the person next to you. Not just, okay, well, here I am in church. There is no better time than in a time of loss, of lack and limitation to begin to awaken the supernatural. And I want to encourage you because we say we believe certain things. I'm not sure that we always really have a revelation of the things we think we believe. Like this thought that seeds create harvest. In fact, one of our boys in lockdown, staying in our bubble, took a sun or a number of sunflower seeds and planted them in one tray and they began to spring and then he took them out and put them in a larger container and now I think there's about a dozen big sunflowers. Just said to me over this last week, wow, it's amazing, isn't it? One seed can create such beauty. And if we go to the Bible, as I lay a foundation, Matthew 13, verse 31, Jesus speaking as He put a parable to those that were listening, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took, listen to this, and sowed in his own field. Didn't leave it at church. Took it and sowed it in his field. And indeed, the mustard seed is the least of all seeds. But when it is growing, it is greater than Herbs becomes a tree so that it provides branches for the birds of the air to nest in. And Jesus was teaching that wherever you find yourself, you're gonna realise that a mustard seed may see very unimpressive. And it was just something that was common to the agricultural product of the time, but it's prophetic. That God wants us to realise we've already got the seeds no matter how small they are, that can awaken the supernatural, no matter what's happening around you, no matter what's happening to you, no matter what's happening on the inside of you, God wants us to realise that all of us grow by valuing the small. It's kind of like, well, when I get that, things will be different. No, the enemy's lie comes to all of us and says, don't value a mustard seed. You're not enough. You don't have enough. And I'm here today to go, no, the opposite is the truth that, truth that God wants us to realise that we grow by valuing the small. Jesus says that's the kingdom of heaven. Everything begins as a mustard seed. In fact, He says, I want you to make sure that you live with a responsibility of investment. That if you don't understand the power of investing what seems small, if you don't take the responsibility for that, we started one soup kitchen. Our belief is that we can have soup kitchens all through the cities that we are in. Why? Because there are people that need food, need to feel valued, need to have an answer that's bigger than where they are. Our Christmas boxes, we started the first year, I think, Nick was at 150 or 250 boxes and to do more than 30,000. And why wouldn't that be 300,000 if there was a need? And you kind of go, well, that's great because I can see it now. No, there is this key thought that 
there needs to be an investment responsibility. Not, not only that, with that, of course, there needs to be a realise that we're here to create a foundation for others. Because that seed can grow into a tree that somebody doesn't know where to find a resting place. And there's the protection of what we understood according to God's Word that begins to turn it out. In other words, once seed, small things are valued and activated, they literally unlock potential. See, I've come to realise that seeding is about my personal responsibility. Harvest is about divine response. So we're talking about seeding the supernatural. God's saying, will you be responsible with what currently the enemy says has no value? Because if you're responsible to invest and to care for that, then you're going to unlock a divine response, which is the law of seed and harvest. You know, there was a story with Jesus and the disciples and a man came to the disciples and he had a son and the son would convulse and... We find out later in the story, the son not, didn't just have epilepsy, but had a demonic spirit. And the spirit would take the son when it was in seizure mode, mode, when he was in seizure mode and throw him into the fire to try and burn him up. And so their only answer was to find a miracle, a supernatural miracle. And it says that they brought him to, G, uh, to the disciples, knowing that Jesus preached that God could do the supernatural, but they couldn't heal him. And in verse 19 of Matthew 17, the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? You know, I want clearly today to say to everyone, don't hide the fact that you're not seeing the supernatural. As a church, I am quickened at the moment. We are not seeing enough of the supernatural. Come to Jesus and say, God, what is it? In a time of natural lack, I need supernatural provision. So I'm asking you to show me what is wrong. And there is this urgency in my spirit. Like the disciples, Jesus, it's not working for me. That's okay. You know what Jesus does? He reiterates what we just read in Matthew 13 and Matthew 17. Jesus says to them, you know why it's not happening for you? Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you would then say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move and nothing would be impossible for you. However, realize that for this miracle, it won't happen outside of prayer and fasting. Wow, we could spend a few years just on unpacking that. Basically, Jesus was saying this, you love me, you're in Bible college, you're walking with me, you're in church, but literally you don't have the depth of belief. Mm -hmm. You say you believe, but you don't really believe. You fail to what to value what seems small. You're still waiting to have this kind of breakthrough before you're all in. You're going to realize the seeds already, and you're failing to declare. I love this God's authority. I'm not seeing it, but I'm in this place where I'm declaring God's authority. I need some more response today. And you go, well, so what are the seeds of the supernatural? Surely all of this comes out through more of the teaching of Scripture. I wanna give you three things that I've come to realise are the seeds of the supernatural. The first is a few small stones. 
I think we've got that coming up on the screen. You go, what do you mean a few small stones? If you know the Bible well, you go, I know where you're going. There was a story about a young boy, his name was David, who found himself in front of a giant that was almost 10 feet tall. And he had five smooth stones. A little bit more about the account, if you wanna read it, is in 1 Samuel 17, where you find that David's father calls to him because he's looking after the sheep out in the countryside while his brothers are fighting on behalf of Israel. And he says, go check up on your brothers. And so he goes to this valley called Elah where the Israelite army was standing against the Philistine army. And there was this giant that would stand in front of the church. Let me put it like that. And say, you'll never get the breakthrough. You'll never be able to deal with your past. Look at you. And yet look at the size of the giant that's in front of you. Look at your size, look at that size. And they failed to realise what Jesus taught, that the Kingdom of Heaven is about a company of people that value the small. And so they're there in fear. It's not just one day. It's not just two days of taunting. It's 40 mornings where they would arise to go to battle and Goliath says, look at you. The church, shut the church down. Come on, let's get rid of church because it's a moral code that we don't want today. It's a way of believing that's archaic and yet David turns up in the middle of it And he realises that this is being echoed with his brothers. There is no depth of belief. We've got our Sunday shirts on. We might even put some money in the bucket. But we go out into an environment going, you know what, man, it's scary. The forecast is scary. man, And it may be scary. But when you realise that a few small or a few smooth stones can change everything. So David stops and he says, well, if none of you are gonna go, I'll go. We, we could take down this Goliath. He, it doesn't matter how big he is. In fact, verse 26 of 1 Samuel 17, David spoke, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who, who is this challenge that he should defy the armies of the living guy, God? His older brother heard him, Eliab, heard him say that and said, you know, you've just come up here to try and be a big shot when you're a little shot. No, I'm a little mustard seed. And, and this is nothing. And finally, he stands before King Saul. David says to the king, don't let, or let no man's heart fail because of Goliath. Hey, I'm here. Your teenage boy will go and fight this Philistine. The depth of belief. You might say, well, what are a few small, smooth stones speak of? I think this is where the revelation begins to hit. They speak of a secret place authority. See, there was no power or authority, literally in five smooth stones that could fit a sling. But they spoke of something far more. You see, a smooth stone doesn't become smooth unless it's been in the river for a long time. 
And I think we have the kind of Christianity where we come for a tank up. Oh, I love life because it makes you feel good. Well, we pray that you will feel good. But there is a secret place authority that until you find that place, I'm not sure. You're gonna see the level of supernatural breakthrough. And so it was not the power of the stones that he carried, but it was the fact that if you read into David's life, that David was out in the countryside looking after the sheep because that's what his dad wanted, but he would sing to God as the sunset. And when the lion and the bear came, he was so close. Let's keep that thought up there. He was so close to the fact of being in proximity and that secret place that he knew the breath of God was with him. And he said, whether it's dust or it's a stone, it doesn't really matter because when the lion comes and the bear comes, we've got this God. Because you've got this and you're able. And so the lion and the bear, he took them out. And this is how he responds to the king. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And who again is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who, who is the government of the day? We honour them. But who are they to determine what is right for humanity? So we honour them, but God's Word stands foundationally as the truth that sets people free. And I just feel like there is a fresh wind coming from God and God's saying, you, you might look at just a smooth stone, but if you are in this place of proximity, if you're in this place of uh, that secret touch with God, something's gonna come. And it's the Lord that delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. He's the one that will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. See, I've come to realise that supernatural or secret place authority comes at a cost and it's called devoted proximity. I, I wanna challenge our church, how deep is your well? Where do you go to? I go to another podcast. Well, that's okay if you haven't built your tree yet. But there has to come a well that you go to. See, here's a boy, but he's got a well. And God's saying, you've got to realise that if we want to break through in the supernatural, we're going to have to find a secret place authority. See, see, Jesus said it to the disciples, guys, you've got to learn this big lesson. You can't break through this demonic realm until you pray and fast. If your prayer life just really is a crisis prayer life, I'm here because I love you. I don't want you to get upset with me. No, I don't really care, but I'm here to say if you don't have a secret place, authority, then you're not carrying smooth stones. And God wants us to use those. I, I had written this and it was just confirmed it was the right scripture when somebody brought it up later this week. But Psalm 46 verse 10, the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. By the way, it doesn't stop there. That's where our cliche stops. It goes on to say, God speaking, I will be exalted among the nations. Don't you ever buy into a lie that the church is gonna be put away. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted here on earth. 
I don't buy into a belief that the church is going to downsize and small. We're going to, again, with grace, with honor, stand to become all that God wants us to, to be. To be still is to be noise and distraction free. Come on, some of us that are so busy, learn from COVID. If you're so busy, you don't have a well time. You will not create smooth stones. To be still causes you to be in a place where you can know. There are things that you kind of believe when it's working. There are things that you don't believe when it's not working. I'm speaking to Melbourne. I'm speaking to everybody online. You see where people are at when crisis hits. You see how smooth the stones are and you begin to see them become undone because authority comes from depth until you know that you know. And I have said this many times, but I feel like God is asking us as a church to know what we know. So David goes down and into the brook, he picks up these five stones. All he's got is a sling, a bit of leather. No, what he has is what I'm saying is he's got secret place authority. So he walks up and you'll know the story. Goliath says, who is this? You can't find a man, you give me a boy. No, this is a God boy. David says to the Philistine, you, you come to me with a sword, a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. He is the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. And this day, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike and take your head from you. A bit more passion in the church right there. This then all this assembly, verse 47, will know that the Lord does not save by bricks and mortar. No, for the battle is the Lord's and He will give you into my hands. Come on, some of you have lost jobs. Some of you have had a downturn in business, maybe even lost your business. It's not the end. It may expose that you're not having supernatural breakthrough right now because you didn't have a whole lot of secret place authority. And I'm saying we need a few small stones. The second key that I would like to table is that if we're going to seed the supernatural, we need what I would call a little self-raising flower. If, if you wanted a story, you could take 1 Kings and uh, 17. It's the story where God speaks to Elijah and He says, I want you to go on a journey, I want you to go to Zarephath and, and uh, at Zarephath, I'm gonna have a widow at the gate waiting for you. She's gonna provide for you. And so Elijah takes off and he goes to the city. He finds there is a widow there gathering sticks and knows this is the woman. And so he says to the woman, would you give me a drink? And as she's going, he says, also, would you bring me just a small cake? I'm hungry. This is what he says or this is what she responds to him in verse 12. She says, as the Lord your God lives, no secret place authority. I do not have bread. I've only got a handful of flour in a bin and a little bit of oil in a jar. And I'm gathering these couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son. We may eat it and die. Elijah says, and I, I wanna feel that prophetic heart-to-heart -heart connection today, Elijah says to her, and I'm saying to you, don't fear. If you go and do, as you have said, 
But make me a small cake first, bring it to me and afterwards you can make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. A few small stones. A little bit of flour. I call it self-raising flour to get an S. Because there's more in the flour than what you think. God's saying you're looking at what seems so small and you didn't hear. That you need a secret place authority, but even more than that, you've got to come to this place where, like Moses God, do you want me to do this? I've got nothing in my hand. You've got a stick. Come on, Samson, take out the Philistine garrisons. I don't even have a weapon. I've just got a jawbone. Come on, Paul and Marie, leave Australia, go to New Zealand, start what is now life. And, but we've never done that before. We can't do it. All you need, bud. Just a little bit of flour, just a little self-raising flour. You say, why did Elijah say to the woman, which seems so wrong, you've got one meal left and then you're gonna die, you and your boy, I want you to put me first. Because there is a divine authority that is a seed that awakens the supernatural. You see, a little self-raising flour speaks of the surrender of human security. Wow. Oh, I'm speaking. Well, I hope the Holy Spirit's speaking. Your gift is not enough. Your leadership is not enough. Your control is definitely not enough. And if you're here today and you're going, Paul, I feel so out of control. I say, God bless you. Because there is a time where God is going to say, you've got to let it all go. And then when you get blessed, God's going to come and say, you're losing that secret place authority because now you're about human security. I've got my little bit of flour and my little jar of oil. And God's saying, no, you've got to trust me. You've got to trust me. Few small stones, smooth stones, just a little bit of flour. And do you know what happened is as she surrendered what she could do naturally, the wind of the supernatural came. Seriously, church, let's work on our gifts. Let's thank God for everything He's doing. But let's not just be people that have a shallow belief that does not have the priority of me building a well for me. And then when we find ourselves like many of us are right now, God's just saying, I, I got this. Why are you so up and down? You have a bad month and it's like, where are you, God? If you had that secret place authority, you'd realise it's just another time where you need to surrender human security. That's what happened five years ago for me. God said, you keep saying yes, it's time just to move over.
And we have seen miracles like we've never seen before. See, what seeds the supernatural is a few small smooth stones and a little bit of flour. But thirdly, it's a shout that precedes the dawn. It's kind of like, I don't feel like being in church right now. I don't even want to come because I don't know where God is and I'm not sure what's going on. And God's saying, you, you've got to realise, you've got to value the small. Yeah, yeah, but I don't have stones. I don't have self-raising flour. I've got nothing. My table is bare. I've I got nothing to go on. I feel like it's all been taken from me like the barren woman in Isaiah 54 who couldn't bring forth a child. And it's like everybody says it'll never work. It'll never happen. And what does God go? Come on, you're gonna have to cry aloud. You're gonna have to sing. There's a seed that you don't realise you have. You think your table is bare, but there is a rising that needs to take place. Paul and Silas, Acts 16 in prison, when you are locked up and it's dark and you are filled with a room filled of the people you never thought you do life with. And God says, would you begin to sing? Would you begin to shout? It's like the walls of Jericho. When God says it's time, come on church, it's not time to come to church once every two months. It's not time just to be on an altar call to get everything you want. It's time to seed the supernatural. So I need to dig my well. Pastor can't dig that for me. Not only that, I, I gotta surrender when God says surrender. Yeah, but then what if it doesn't work out? Yeah, that's exactly where you're at. You have to control it. Boy, has God told me that over the time. I don't know if carols is a God thing or not. I'm just throwing it in there. So what if it costs half a million to raise half a million to put God back in Christmas for Auckland? What does Melbourne need to do in the years ahead to become part of what God calls them to do? It's like, so when you go to take Jericho, by the way, there's some walls, there's some limitations. Mm -hmm. So here's God's plan. Josh, tell the people to walk around the wall six days without talking. Sometimes I wish we had a church that wouldn't talk. So much cynicism. I'm not just talking about church. I'm talking about God's people. High on opinion, low on output. Always know what needs to be done, but does very little themselves. If you're over the line, you might as well go all over the line. <laughs> when the table's bare, oh, where are you, God? What's the point? No, just shut up. Walk around. And on the seventh day, there will be a trumpet blast. And when the trumpet blast comes, you are gonna have to shout. Joshua 6.20, so the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet that the people shouted with a great shout and the wall fell down flat. Woo! 
All right then. Devil, you're just showing us that you think you can intimidate us. We don't have to be in reaction. We're just going to respond. We're going to draw from a well. We're going to realize just the little bit of flour has got incredible potential. Because man shall not live by bread alone. Oh, that was good. You're going to have to shout. See, a shout that precedes the dawn speaks of a chain breaking anointing. If you can't shout, you will never break free. There is a time to be quiet, there's a time to shout. And there needs to be a shout that would come and rise from our hearts. The Passion Translation, the Psalmist says, Psalm 108 verse one, my heart, O God, is quiet and confident. All because of You. Now I will sing my song with passionate praises. God, You've got this. God, You will cause me to arise, to awaken, to innovate, to declare. Verse two, awake, O my soul, with music of God's splendour. Arise, O my soul, and sing His praises. Here it is, I will awaken the dawn with my worship, greeting the daybreak with my songs of life. Hallelujah. I will awaken. I will awaken. I will awaken. I will awaken the dawn. And you know what, today, yeah, you can stand if you want, but listen, listen. There are some of us that go, you know, Paul, where I'm at, I got an empty table. I can't even find the ability to sing. Well, sometimes you gotta call in reinforcements. And when you find that there is even the song in you that's died, come on, there's a heavenly choir that is able to meet you and begin to lift you so that your complaints and your confusion, your feeling of nothingness is gonna begin to rise because I realise I I got a few small stones, (laughs) but I've got a secret place authority. I've only got a little bit of flour, but God's teaching me the flower was not our security anyway. It's kind of like I'm not going to allow the prognosis of the natural to determine how I live. There is a shout that precedes the dawn. It's called a chain breaking authority. And right now I'm speaking to a lot of people in Melbourne. I'm speaking to you in your lounge room. I'm speaking to you. However, you're a part of the service. I'm asking you to be bold enough today Come on, team, I want you to start to sing a choir. I sing, I lift, I praise a hallelujah. That if you feel like you've lost your song, I want you to begin as they sing to stand right here, right now. Come on, there are many of us, we're facing the impossible. I want you to take boldness and say, God, I need to dig a well. Still others need to stand in your lounge room. You need to stand, you need to say.
I'm not going to allow my natural security to rule me. We're going to let the enemy know. I want us all to stand. We're going to sing, I raise the hallelujah. going to turn our direction around so that our greatest longing is to dig the well, to value what seems small and surrender the natural stuff, and to come to a place where we will learn the art of under pressure, not reacting, but responding with a song. I want you to look at me. I want you to look at me in Melbourne. I want you to look at me here in Auckland wherever you're watching. There was one story in particular that moved me many, many years ago, and I've often used it about a guy that had a belief. 
fact, he lived out the Old Testament law to the nth detail. But he allowed over the course of his life because of his ability to amass a whole lot of stuff. And he came to Jesus saying, I want what you have. I'm doing what's right, but I'm not free. And Jesus says, here's your problem. You're doing all the right stuff. And in fact, you have acquired so much of this world that now it's not wrong that you have things and stuff, but it's wrong when stuff has you. You can't live free until you offload your stuff. And that's why Jesus said, God's not here as a religious bigot saying you are evil. It's like you've got sin and sin is stuff. Sin separates you from me. And if you would lay down your sin, just acknowledge it, then for the first time, you'll know what it is to live free on the inside. And you'll experience my presence, which doesn't mix with the sin stuff. There are others of us that maybe we know that Jesus died for our sin, but now we're so distracted by our stuff. Our stuff might be somebody said something in our past. Maybe a church or a leader disappointed us and that stuff now stops us from connecting with God like we should. God, through Jesus, said to the guy, you've got to get rid of the stuff, the sin stuff, the past stuff. It's not like God wants us to live in poverty. No, God wants to bless us, but He doesn't want us to see the stuff get us. He wants us to be somebody that's going to break through on behalf of building a tree for others to nest in. And today I'm serious. I'm saying, I want to pray this prayer. You know if you're not right with God. If you've never asked Jesus to meet you, that is what God is waiting for. He's not going to force it on you. Religion may force it on you. God won't. He just says, this is about you and me. Have a relationship with me. You feel like you're really stuffed up on God. God says, would you put that stuff in front of me? You don't have to wait till you're better. You need to lay the stuff down. You can't get better on your own. I want every head bowed. I'm going to pray this prayer. And today, if that's you, you go, you know what? I've drifted from God. I've never personally invited Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. Pray this prayer with all of us. And I love you in Melbourne, here in New Zealand, wherever. Pray this out loud. Say, God, today, I need You. And I ask You to forgive my sin, to cleanse my past, and to become my Lord and Saviour. Today, I need You. And I invite You to be my Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Can we put our hands together? Come on, celebrate every single person. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.